There was once a family that was traveling on an overnight train, and part of this family was a young girl, and as the train was kind of getting dark for people to go to sleep at night, the parents of this young girl kind of put her in her, sleep, in her seat, reclined the seat, and tried to get her ready for bed, and telling her, okay, close your eyes now and go to sleep. And the little girl was a bit nervous, her mother could tell that, so she told her daughter, you know, don't worry about it, as we're traveling on this train, nothing's going to happen, because the risen Jesus is going to be with us. So the girl was kind of consoled by this, and finally she closed her eyes. But then after a couple minutes, she kind of whispered out, Mommy, are you there? And her mother answered, Yes, dear, I'm here. And then a short time afterwards, she says, Daddy, are you there? And then her dad answers, Yes, dear, I'm here. And then a short time after, she says, calls out for her brother, Jimmy, are you here? And Jimmy says, Yes, I'm here. And then after a moment of silence, another passenger on the train kind of shouts out, Yes, yes, we're all here. Your mommy's here. Your daddy's here. Your brother's here. Now just go to sleep. And the little girl was quiet for a moment, and then she said to her mother in a whisper, Mommy, was that the risen Jesus? <laughs> so like this little girl, we can have a hard time, sometimes, recognizing the presence of the risen Christ in our life. So we celebrate this joyous Easter season. We hear about in the Gospels these resurrection accounts of Christ, where he appears to his friends, to his disciples, and at times we can perhaps feel a little bit jealous, a little bit left out. We can hear about these people who saw the risen Jesus face to face, kind of in the flesh, and we can feel, why can't that happen to me? Why do I have to live so far away from the resurrection that I didn't get to encounter Jesus Christ as he was risen from the dead as people like Mary Magdalene, the beloved disciple, and Peter did? Well, today this gospel is for us. This is a very significant gospel for us who live some time after the resurrection of Jesus. And the purpose or the reason for this is that we see that these two disciples didn't recognize Jesus at first. And this is such an important detail of this story that they're journeying, these two disciples of Christ. They've heard rumors that Jesus has risen from the dead, but they don't think they're substantiated yet. And they're kind of really sorrowing that this person that they put all their hopes and dreams into has died a terrible death. They're really heartbroken. And we hear in this story how the risen Christ comes and walks along them. But significantly, they don't know that it is Jesus. Jesus walks beside them and they don't recognize him until ultimately Jesus makes himself clear in the breaking of the bread and in opening the scriptures. And Luke in this gospel is trying to do something very important. Luke, on the one hand, of course, is recounting a story that did happen with Jesus and his early followers. He's telling something that happened in the past that's important about kind of how Jesus appeared to these two disciples. But Luke, and this is important, is doing something far more significant. Luke is trying to tell his audience, who are living some time after the resurrection of Jesus, how it is that they encounter the risen Christ in their life. Hopefully that makes sense. It's kind of an important distinction. Luke is, okay, trying to tell about something that happened in the past, but he's writing some time later after Jesus has already ascended, and he's trying to teach people how they, like those two disciples, encounter the risen Christ in their life, 
how they can go through their life with Christ always present beside them, but won't recognize him unless they're paying close attention. And Luke ultimately teaches his audience that there's two main ways, at least, that we recognize the risen Christ in our life. We hear about how they recognize Jesus first already when Jesus opens the scriptures for them. And then ultimately they come to a full realization of the risen Jesus when Jesus breaks the bread. And this, of course, in Luke and Acts of the Apostles is code word for Eucharist. Whenever you hear breaking of the bread in Luke's or Acts, this basically means the Eucharist. So Luke is teaching us this important story that Jesus is present to us in the scriptures and in the Eucharist. And ultimately, this is something we believe, especially for the Eucharist, of course. We believe that Christ is truly present among us. But we can at times forget how important the Word of God is, that Scripture, we believe, is inspired. It's God-breathed. When we read Scripture, when we listen to Scripture, God speaks a word to our heart that can transform us. And we're reminded of these two ways in which we encounter the risen Christ, in His Word and in the Eucharist, during the two parts of the Mass, the Liturgy of the Word and the Liturgy of the Eucharist, these two opportunities or two times when the risen Christ comes into our life. And this is kind of highlighted by architecture in churches. For example, in our own church, you'll notice that the altar, you can't see it too clearly now, it's kind of covered, but the altar looks a lot like the ambo or the lectern. And the idea is that there are two altars in the church, in every church, the altar of the Eucharist, of the bread and the wine that becomes the body and blood of Christ, but also, also the altar of the Word, where we encounter Jesus in the Scripture, especially when we read the Gospel. And this is why we stand to read the Gospel. It's not just to kind of stretch out our legs, but it's to stand to greet Christ who speaks to us in the Gospel. So Luke is teaching us, like he did his audience, that we encounter Christ in these two important ways, ultimately, in the Scriptures and in the breaking of the bread, which is the Eucharist. But Luke actually is trying to teach us other ways as well in which we encounter the risen Christ. And this is something that I didn't realize at first, kind of in hindsight, I'm surprised it didn't click for me, until I listened to a homily from Pope Francis. So Pope Francis, a couple of years ago, was describing this beautiful story of the road to Emmaus, and he was talking about how we encounter Christ, you know, in community, of course, in the scriptures and the breaking of the bread, but then he goes on to note when it was ultimately that led to them encountering the risen Christ or realizing it was the risen Christ. And it's an important detail in this story that before Jesus breaks the bread for them and their kind of eyes are open that it is Christ, the two disciples offer hospitality to Jesus. And maybe you'll think, yeah, duh, this is obvious, but they didn't quite recognize this, but the two disciples offer this act of kindness, of generosity to Jesus Christ without knowing who it is. And it's ultimately this act of kindness and charity that leads them to encounter the risen Christ. And Pope Francis explains so well that in this way we learn that it's through acts of charity, kindness, service, hospitality to the stranger that ultimately the presence of the risen Christ can become clearer in our lives. So we encounter Christ then, of course, in the Eucharist, in the sacred scripture, but also ultimately in our acts of kindness, charity, and hospitality to those around us. So as we go through this Easter season, we pray that we can be like that little girl on the train, always attentive to the presence of the risen Christ in our life, 
ultimately trusting that the risen Christ is with us. And we pray for that gift of the Holy Spirit to have the eyes to see when the risen Christ is in our midst so that we, like these disciples, can be transformed more and more from sadness, perhaps, or difficulties to hope and joy.